right when she looked down again to say, okay, was that a good one or not? Are those weird balls not in there? Those weird balls of white light were not in there because they had become the complete form of her mother. And I mean, down to the hairstyle, you can see her complete shape where her hairstyle ended. You can see like the length of dress she always liked to wear where that dress ends the curvature in her spine, I mean, in detail. And there are still a few of the white orbs in front of her eventually formed the shape of Lynn. So Tara, thank you again for being on here for the second time. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, please uh, introduce yourself to those listening that didn't maybe get to the first episode yet. I'm Tara Brandell, astrologer, tarot card reader, clairvoyant, medium, healthcare professional. Yeah. Love that. So today we're going to be kind of not recapping what we spoke about on the first episode, but I think one topic that we will cover for those of you listening and for those that don't believe in connecting with the other side or perhaps, you know, um, is it right to say psychic abilities? Is that the proper way of saying it? Yeah, or spirit. Connecting with spirit, evidence, proof that, you know, those that we've loved and lost um, can still communicate with us. We just have to hone in on how to hear it. Right. And I I personally believe in in those. I haven't exactly had my own personal experiences with that per se, even though I want that so bad. And I feel like I wonder if my, not resistance, but my push for it and the heavy wantingness of that, it hasn't happened or I don't know. But that's why I would love for you to maybe divulge into that because this is what you do for, I mean, for work, but also because you just enjoy doing it. Yes. To kind of maybe help people, maybe non-believers believe a little bit more through your experiences. I think so. Yeah, I definitely can relate to your comment about wanting to for so long to have that evidence, that that proof, that feeling of, you know, this just, you know, goosebumps all over. It really resonated. It was sure... Lee, uh, your loved one on the other side, I can absolutely relate to that. I probably had been striving for that in regards to my birth father for 20 plus years, probably more. Striving to hone your abilities? To hear and feel his presence and understand him. Like in my case, I was um, very, very lucky to have my mother remarry, and I was adopted. My sister was four. I was one. My dad is absolutely amazing, spoiled the heck out of us. We had an amazing life. But even though that was the situation and he came in and saved us, I always struggled with the circumstances, mystery, all the unknowns around my birth father's death. And I think that even though I grew up in a family of very gifted uh, people, my great uncle was a very gifted medium and um, into tarot cards. My grandmother was very involved in astrology. And they're, by the way, opposite sides of the family. Someone, I was telling someone the other day and they said, oh, so wait a minute, your great uncle was your grandfather's brother and he was very intuitive and psychic and your grandmother was basically his sister-in-law. Exactly. So I guess I do have it from both sides, but even though I had all of that interest always and I was encouraged to learn about, you know, astrology and tarot and symbolism and Native American spiritual beliefs and that, I think because of my circumstances, I had more of a desire to hear and feel from my father because I didn't didn't know him. Didn't I had so many questions. And when I would ask those questions, my mom and sister would get so emotional it wasn't really worth it. And I had so much love and respect for my dad that was raising us. I sure didn't want to offend him. So I kind of walked around with this, you know, sadness and all these questions about it. So I thought, well, I'm lucky. I have this information at my fingertips, all these cool old books about meditation and and, um, psychic abilities and mysticism and all that. So I had set out to kind of know him. And I had even gone to psychics and asked before, will I ever know my birth father? And I totally expected their answer to be, yes, when you pass on. And one who is very good, probably the only one I really believed and resonated with, because I went to a lot of them myself, was one that said, no, in this lifetime. It may be a combination of he connects to you, his spirit connects with you 
during, you know, sleep phase, during meditations. It may also be in relation to other men in certain circumstances similar to his that you meet and maybe love and then get disappointed by. It may be in a lot of different ways, but you will know him in this lifetime. And that really stayed with me, uh, and it ended up happening. So I guess I'll start. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I'm so curious what the hell that means. <laughs> yeah, so my uh, my mother got uh, pregnant very young with my sister. She was 15. She fell madly in love with my birth father, who was one of my uncle's friends. So it was kind of like, you know, they grew up together. And back then, that was, you know, a pretty big deal. I think she had my sister in 67. And so I always kind of knew, okay, they were madly in love. It's like a story out of a movie, really young. Um, and then I knew he also had a lot of problems um, and got into drugs and wasn't really reliable or or trustworthy. And so I knew that even when I was born, he wasn't there, couldn't be there. I think he actually was maybe in prison. I think the story was he was doing some time for a large amount of weed he took up to the Monterey Pop Festival. So that's like pretty. So he went to prison for yeah, taking so weed to a pot Yeah, so I don't think he was there when I was born. So that was sad to me. But what was the the real questions that I had was, but you guys don't know if it was suicide or drug overdose. And I had to know because I think, you know, any child, that's your identity. Your parents are your identity. And so to know, even though I have this great replacement dad or stepfather, you know, that adopted me, I just, it's like, well, what is wrong with me that he couldn't straighten himself up and stick around? Whether it was on accident or on purpose, it was his fault, basically, because it was either drugs or suicide. So he had threatened suicide before. So basically, I always struggled with it. So when I got better and better at meditating and I realized it was helping so much with the tarot readings and uh, the clairvoyant sessions and the medium work I was doing with clients, I thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing this, obviously, for my own personal reasons as well. And one of the ways that I really noticed it was developing and I have always believed in is uh, past life regressions. So I had this great tape in the 90s of this past life regression lady that would lead you through uh, meditation and you would be prompted. And it always seemed right at the right time. Okay, so you think you're in a certain place and time, you know, uh, she would stop you. And I, I used to think, how does she know, you know, when I'm like in that zone and I'm actually like seeing a landscape? She'd say, what is the landscape? look like. And so, for example, those are kinds of the prompts that she would do. Look down at your clothing. What are you wearing? Um, you know, that might help you with time period or look around for landmarkers, whatever. So I was doing that. I had been doing quite a lot of it, probably, you know, one a week. And I was having these neat, interesting experiences that were explaining, that's why I've always wanted to go to Ireland, or that's why I've always felt like no matter what, I have to make it to New Orleans, or I have to make it to New York because I was having these experiences as, a, as someone else, at that time always another female, um, at certain time periods in history that had been of interest to me since I was little. So I was doing one of those. And I feel like I had kind of matured. I was probably in my mid-30s, and I had a lot of issues as a teenager over his death, as I kind of explained, wondering, you know, what does that say about me? You know, if he didn't want to stick around for his little girls— and so I thought I had worked through all that. It wasn't something I was taking personally or obsessing as much at that age. So it took a long time. I probably started wanting to have an experience like this when I was, I'd say, 16 or 17. It didn't happen until I was like 35. So I was doing what I thought was another past life regression. And when it came to the part where her voice prompt said, you know, um, look at landmarkers. What do you see around you? I heard music before I could look around and I knew I was in a building. It was like a gross, like almost like a, a really run down uh, apartment building that was really, really low income. There wasn't even real furniture, maybe a dining room table and a lawn chair. And there was like a dirty mattress on the floor. But what was of most interest to me was that I heard singing outside of the window right when she said, look around, look outside if you're in a building and try to figure out where you are. So I went towards the singing and I looked outside and it was a college campus. And I was like, oh, this looks like the 60s or 70s. Everyone has bell bottoms and just the total, you know, stereotypical clothes like that. And I realized they were singing like the University of Minnesota alma mater. And I know we have a connection there. 
a lot of my nine aunts and uncles were born there, but most of them raised in LA. But I know that we've always had, you know, half the family there, half the family in LA area. And so I thought, well, I heard the word Minnesota and that seems like a, I'll, I'll just have to, you know, look at this later. So I was trying to like stay in the moment. And then it came to the part where she said, look at what you're wearing. And I realized, uh-oh, there's another pair of bell bottoms, but those are definitely men's shoes. And I knew right away that I was a man. That was very weird. But as I was looking around at the landscape and the symbolism and everything that was really occurring in this, it was very much like a dream. But if you meditate often enough and you have a good experience like this, and if you realize that it's almost like lucid dreaming or astral projection, you can recall everything and your, what I like to call practical part of your brain can tell you, but wait, there's more to see here. Yet it won't diminish the clarity or the specifics of what you're experiencing. So I had, I had gotten that good. So you're just in a deep meditative sleep. You're not yes. in a state. You're not sleeping. No. And so when you're in this state, are you saying that you're, you're, in, you're there, but you're also, you have clarity to think and understand that you're there? Exactly. Okay. Because I, and one good example of that is I remember when I went to the window and was like trying to figure out what are they singing? What are all these like hippie college kids singing? I can remember my practical brain instead of taking in more of the words of the song or figuring out where I was, um, my practical brain was saying, because at least the town I grew up in, colleges are usually, you know, kind of in and away from the city area a little more, I don't know. Suburban? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank you. Because I grew up in like the suburbs of Southern California, you know, not the valley, the IE even like far. Further. Okay. And so it just was weird to me that a college would be near a big city where like really low rent apartments are, but that's what, what I was seeing. So I told myself, just stop obsessing about that, figure that out later. <laughs> There's more to see, right? So I stayed with it and I realized, oh boy, I'm a man. But the other <laughs> thing that bothered me was I was very, like, out of my head. And I don't just mean, like, just a little bit, but just, like, more out of my head than I'd ever been. And so I slowly kind of came around to the idea of what was going on that maybe I finally was getting what I had wanted all those years when I was younger. This wasn't going to be a fun past life regression of some exciting life in Paris. This was what I was always after, was I needed to understand my father. And so, uh, but it took a while to figure that that out because, uh, for example, when she came to the part where she said, um, look for other markers that tell you what year it is besides the bell bottom and, and the men's shoes, I looked up and right at that moment, there was an old calendar hanging on the wall in this Flophouse apartment place and it said 1973. And I can remember thinking, Here's my practical brain taking over again. I was born in 71. This is not a past life regression. What the heck is this? This all must be wrong. Oh, good. You know, because it was weird to be a man. That was weird too. Yeah, step but one. I was like thinking and I was like, no, no, this is so real and vivid. I have to stay with it. So these were all like the issues I had that I had to work out later on with my investigating or the research. So basically, I was like, I just kind of wanted it to be over because I, it was so awkward to be that out of my head. Like, this was a heavier drug than I had ever been on or anything I'd ever experienced. So I definitely was not liking that, but I wanted to see how this was going to end. Then I hear a knock at the door, and I go as this man in bell bottoms in this gross apartment, and I look out the window, and I see a little girl with blonde hair and big blue eyes, and I want to let her in and help her, but something about it told me it's inappropriate, it's wrong. First of all, she shouldn't be here at all. I'm thinking all the more reason to get her out of the hallway, but at the same time, I knew he wanted to let her in and help her, but he just knew it wasn't right. So I I waited and looked through the people for a while, and then she she went away, and then it got just more like fuzzy. I did feel very, very emotional. I thought, well, I must know her. Because why am I this sad about it? And then at one point, I left that apartment, went down to like a 70s-style telephone booth, and picked up the phone and said, Cindy and Woody, you got to help me. And that's all I got. That's all I remember. I woke up. 
Well, my mother is Cindy. My dad is Woody. He married my mom, adopted me and my sister. I was one. They continued for years. And these are all the pieces I put together later on. So I wouldn't ask my mom a lot of questions. She'd get very emotional for a long time if I'd ask about him. But he died in 77, by the way. But for years after my parents were married and then went on to have my brother, they would take my sister and I to see him. They both, my mom and dad and my mother's parents, tried to help him many, many times with whatever rehabs were like back then. And whenever he would call, they would say, okay, yeah, we'll bring the girls over to see you. Well, the last time he had called, they said, you know what, we can't do this anymore. We have a new baby here. My little brother, you know, came like five years later and sleep it off. We'll call you in the morning, see if we want to meet at a park or something. We'll bring the girls to you or have you over, you know, and I think he did the usual, oh, I'll kill myself if, you know, I can't see my girls, those kinds of things, which by the way, I don't mean to imply that he was not happy with our dad at all because that wasn't the case. He had told him many times, I know you're the man to raise my girls. Just promise me you never give them your name. Just let them have my name as long as they can and, and so on. So, um, But this particular time that he had called, they said, you know, sleep it off. We'll see you in the morning. And he died that night. And they don't know for sure if it was on purpose. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, when it comes to heroin, people know how much they can take. Well, not always, you know, and there's a lot of uh, bad stuff out there, I'm sure that, you know, that doesn't apply to when people just get a really bad batch. So we don't know. But basically what that experience did for me, because I ended up having to call my aunts that still live in Minnesota and say, is the University of Minnesota like right downtown, kind of a bad part of the city, like where these flop house apartments are? And they're like, yes, but why are you asking? So I explained it to one of my aunts. They all knew him too, because he was my uncle's friend and neighbor growing up. And one of them said, I know exactly what this is about. She said, your mom tried one more time to get him clean, and she knew the only way it would work was to drive you and your sister and him all the way to Minnesota where we had family, get him away from the drug connections in California. And it was going well for a month or so. He had a job and everything was good. And then he just stopped coming home one night, and she pretty much knew you know, what was up, what the problem was. And she said, but Tara, what's most interesting? And she said, you know the rest. Brought you girls back to California, set up on a blind date, divorced him, met Woody, and, you know, everything's great now. But she said, I just have to share with you, a couple of your uncles went out looking for him, and they found him in a flop house downtown, you know, near the University of Minnesota, back on the needle. So it was so shocking to have that finally when I wasn't after that. I was after a past life regression. I was really confused, but I knew because I didn't just say, I need to know, was it on purpose or why does friends take so long to call the ambulance? You know, were they hiding their drugs? You know, did one of them do it? What was really most important besides all those thoughts I'd had my whole life was I want to know him. I want to understand how could he let his life get to that place? And the physical and mental feelings I had, basically, I walked in his shoes. By the way, I looked at the clock. It had been like a 10-minute meditation was all for 10 minutes. I walked in his shoes. I finally got that answered. You know, what must it have been like at the end? What dark place did he go to or was he at to have not straightened out his life to be a good dad? So it was, I finally got what I kind of wanted. It was a way to understand how strong that drug was and how messed up he was. So that moment where you where I guess, so you're in his body and you're looking through the people and you're seeing yes. the little girl, aka you. Took me a while to figure that one out, yes. Did it kind of answer, not answer your question, but it, did it feel better when you felt that, oh, he, he wants to let you in? It wasn't like an immediate rejection of this child. Yes. So was that the biggest part of it, that specific, that specific moment, or just the fact that you felt you feel so much more that you really haven't explained? Uh, that was very validating. I knew that even though some life experiences and some education and some maturing had gotten me to a place where I was less likely to take on that, why wasn't I good enough that he could straighten up or stay around? It helped with that a lot for sure. But more than that, it kind of helped me understand 
suicide more and drug addiction. By what you felt. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it was physically just really awful. As interested as I was to see what was going to happen next, I think I kind of hurried along like when I left that room and went to the phone mm. with like, I, I hurried it along because the other past life regressions I'd been doing before then, I would look at the clock after and I would realize, oh, this has been like 45 minutes or an hour. But I never, ever once, because you had asked earlier, is it like a dream? I, I never, ever once thought, oh, no, I was asleep. So, no, it wasn't like... I mean, not to go back. It's backwards. like a dream, but you can control it. Mm. You can go in a different part of that house. Um, you can kind of fill your body physically. And, yeah, it's, astral projection is the best way to describe it. So, okay, I have a, I mean, a few questions. A, I, I know you mentioned prompts, and she was kind of... How, but how is that? I don't understand how that's in, induced. You just go into. You're not taking anything. There's no. There's a meditative state, and she's guiding it. Like, how do you? How do you? I feel like if I were doing that, my initial thought would be, I would just probably feel like I'm meditating. How do I? How would I go from just meditating to all of a sudden I'm going through past life regression? Well, I've done regular meditative tapes that are just really relaxing music. You know, the waterfall, all of that. Maybe some Tibetan chimes. But I loved this one because, in my opinion, it didn't take me long, just a couple of weeks of using it, where using her past life regression cassette, this is how old it is, David. So it's more it audio, was a cassette. audio trigger? It's usually yes. audio triggers. Yes. So instead of just the kind of music like cassette. that, yeah, I had to go, I had to go to Walmart when I realized I still have the cassette and I want to use it again and see like if they'll be that good, there's got to be someone that has this thing on MP3. The woman has died <laughs> since then. And so it's like a lot of money to even buy one of these cassettes now because there aren't that many around and she's passed away. But I'm thinking there's got to be someone I know that can get this on MP3. But anyway, yeah, I had to go to Walmart when I realized I, I came across it many years later. I realized I still had it and wanted to use it some more. Yeah, I had to go buy a Cassette player. You could have picked up a new kids on the block. Yeah. <laughs> cassette as well. Yeah. There. So it's it's different because she does things like besides the it's like this lady knew, and her name's Marcy Archambault. It's like she knew that after about this long, if they're a decent meditator or they're somewhat used to it, or they've trained their brain to be that open and receive all of this. By now, they should have some kind of landscape. So I'm going to bring up the look around you. Pay attention. What landscape do you see? And I already knew. I was out of my head on whatever and looking at a college campus and uncomfortable in a gross apartment building when she said that. But it led me to kind of like follow the singing I heard to like really look out the window and memorize that. But, and then, how did you get there though? Like, is, is, she's, just, it's in the audio. But in the audio, she's but she's specifying your surroundings. Isn't she asking you where you are? So you just like randomly get to that place. Um, I was already seeing those things, and so when I think the first prompt is, uh, "What's the landscape around?" And actually, you create. You just created the space out of through beginning. Yeah, I was just already there, which was weird because again, I thought I was going to have some super fun like life in Ireland from one of my favorite time periods in history, or life in New Orleans, all these fun ones I had had before. But it was nothing like that. Like mm. I did not expect to be out of my head in bell bottoms as a man. As a man, like, yeah. Drugged out and confused and very lonely. And then see yourself. Lonely was the most profound feeling that stayed with me the longest. So what after do you, it, what do you say to people? Because it broke my heart. Back what you were saying from the beginning in regards to, I mean, this is an incredible story. But how do you explain that to someone? Because I, I feel like I've, I've I've brought up past life regression or these kind of stories to so many people. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, what is she? What are, what are you smoking? Right. How do you explain this to someone who has never a done it or b just would never try it because this is, they think is BS. So, because this isn't tangible, this isn't not that most of these experiences are tangible, but like, how do you is it one of those things that you got to just do it? You got to try it, you do, but and maybe it's because I'm extra curious. Um, but I take it one step further if I ever do get um, any specifics like um, a first name or last name or what they were doing, or, ooh, that looks like a really important invention that I know really changed history and improved people's lives. Maybe this is the guy that invented it because I had to sit and, you know, watch him do that because I was like, you know, his family member or whatever. Maybe I'm 
going to be able to prove and figure out what the story's about or what family I may have been a part of in that time period in that country uh, because maybe that was a clue, the specifics of him, you know, making that specific type of machinery or whatever I was seeing. So, yeah, I know sometimes I'll go back and look and find out that there was someone. Well, like just the other day that had that life, lived in that time period, and had some significant invention like that. So I'll look around to see if, you know, there's any evidence. Usually, though, what it was for me in the beginning when I started having these profound past life regressions, it was more like, um, oh, okay, wow. Um, I was really, really, really in love, even though we couldn't have children and never did. We worked together and ran this riverboat in New Orleans, and how neat. So it isn't always about, like, learning to keep a strong marriage, to keep a family together because you have kids now. Sometimes they're just are really great couples who are really madly in love. And even if they can't have children or extend their family, they just had a great life. And I guess I've been that before. So this is why parenting is so important to me in this life. Those are usually the things I would take out of it. But I have had times where the things were so random and specific, I will look research the history of them and find things that really fit. And there'll be no way anyone can tell me that I wasn't viewing that part of history and experiencing that. And therefore, I believe more in past lives because I saw that and found the evidence later on of something I had no knowledge of before. Got it. So based on the experience you have, you kind of cross-reference looking back. And so with these past life regressions, I mean, I'm sure you have a million other stories you want to get to, but I'm just interested because I've always wanted to do this and I have no idea a, who to go to or how to do it. But what what is it about it? Are you going back? Are you saying that this is a life that you've exp- you've lived back then or are you just going tapping into someone else's experience? Is it like a reincarnation thing? Or? I mean, there are some times that I felt very much like a witness and I'm just viewing something for some reason. Like your experience with your father in some sense, right? Well, this one, because I knew like I was him and that was a very strange thing. And even at that moment, I didn't realize, well, when you were, you know, depressed teenager or, you know, always confused how he could not want to stick around, you just wanted to understand him. Where was his headspace? Now you're like walking in his shoes. So that- Yeah, it's crazy. In fact, I got out my grandma's big psychic dictionary after that one. I mean, there's like, I mean, it's like an encyclopedia. It's huge. And I went through that thing for hours trying to figure out what to call this experience Mm. because I knew it couldn't be a past life regression. Although I have heard from spirit in doing this work this many years, time isn't linear as we know it. So my first thought that could have very much derailed that experience of, wait a minute, er, I was born in in 71, that says 73, how can this be? This doesn't fit. If I had stayed in that too long, I think maybe it would have dissipated then. I wouldn't have had all of it. But um, anyway, yeah, time isn't linear as we know it. So there's that when you're talking about quantum physics and the spirit world and all of that. You have to keep that in mind Um, because I'll get that from clients all the time. They'll say, oh, thank you so much. That that was his astrological sign. That was what we like to do the most together. This was so accurate. That was definitely, you know, my husband. Thank you for this. And they'll say things like, but, um, you know, I don't understand why he told you he's like fulfilling that dream of wanting to really try to go further in football um, because like that time is lost. I'm like, well, where he is now, he has that opportunity again. So, yes. Is he playing football in heaven? What does that mean? Right. Or he's joined a a life or a time where, maybe reincarnated, where he can fulfill that. Interesting. What are your, what are your clients usually looking for? Like, what, you think most people are looking for the comfort of knowing that their loved ones are somewhere? Are they, are they looking always looking for answers? Are they looking for yes. closure? What are they, what are they looking Usually, for? well, number one probably would be the future stuff. It's probably younger women wanting to know, when will I get married? When will I find Mr. Right? How many babies will I have? That's probably the most, you know, bulk of my clients. But um, here lately, I've gotten a lot more male clients, which is nice. Used to be they were all mostly gay. And people have asked me, why do you think that is? Well, we're men. I have no qualms about that. Ego. 
you know, straight men live more out of ego. I mean, gay men do too, but men in general live more out of ego. So if they're, I'm never talking to a therapist. They're definitely the type, I'm never going to a psychic. So, but that has changed. I've I've had a lot more um, like uh, realtors, stockbrokers, Bitcoin people call me because they're like, you're always right on with the investment stuff. Like you're always right on with my business stuff. And it's funny to me because they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess ask this question about what's really wrong with my girlfriend. Because like I could tell she's like, I'm not telling you me. about the investment stuff. For them, that's always the last <laughs> question. But for the women, it's like 90% of the reading is, how do I understand this man? Like, what do I need to do differently? And then, you know. And to show proof of that, that for something what you do when it comes to the future stuff, that's just kind of like tapping your fingers and like, okay, let's see what happens. Because when you're telling the future how you can't. Well, it's hard because, yeah, I believe there is like a, and I've read a lot and studied a lot and had a lot of clients over the years where I'm like, I'm just going to have to research this more because it just happens too many times where people will say, you were exactly right in everything about like, for example, describing the guy and where we'd meet and how and his astrological sign and his appearance. But, and you were right with numbers are weird. Sometimes they're like, it's, I think it means April, but it really meant fourth day of a month instead of fourth month, things like that happened. But I've had people say that, yeah, but it was like three years later. The reason I haven't called you for three years is it took three years. Well, that's because I believe there's a blueprint of our soul growth of what we are meant to learn and grow from and who we're meant to love and and experience in this lifetime. And then, of course, I believe there's like God and destiny. That's all a part of that same thing. But at the same time, we're always free agents. So we very much, a lot of the time, I think, um, procrastinate, put walls up out of fear or sabotage relationships. Um, And so those would be the reasons that things don't always, you know, happen for some people that I've seen in their future or definitely happen later than I had thought. Did I tell you what, what, when, you know, I was your client, I'm your client at one point when I had a session with you. Did I tell you that what the one, I don't know if you discussed the one event that you definitely nailed. Nothing about the future. No, we've just talked a lot about your dad. I was so relieved when you, because I never want people to tell me anything till it's over. I was so relieved when you explained because, um, you know, his passing, I knew was quite unique. Yeah, you, you did mention. You, but you, you haven't ha- confirmed for me any of the future predictions that happened. I, I do want to get back to that if it's too personal about my experience that you don't have to answer it, but, but. At a lighter note, so you mentioned when we were going through month by month, you mentioned you saw something, I don't know if you recall, you have a lot of sessions since then, but I'll reiterate, something global. You're like, you saw something, something's global, something's reaching across the world. Like, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It could be this. And then I mentioned my podcast in my head. I'm like, oh man, I hope it's the podcast. I hope something like really takes That's off. That's what I was hoping too. Yeah. And it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> but I had, I made a marketing stunt for my, for a real estate pro- a property I was selling. Uh-huh. And it went absolutely bananas. And it was it was a ridiculous time. We don't, we, I don't have to go over it now, but... I knew it was going to be something about, like, giving you exposure, yeah, basically. Yeah, oh, it gave me exposure. It was, on, it was on BuzzFeed. It was on New York Post. It was uh, TMZ. It was on Snapchat Story. It went... I was getting messages from Saudi Arabia, from China. It was like... Really? It was literally global. Unfortunately, it wasn't my podcast because I would trade that in a second. It was a marketing stunt I did for the for my property. But one, it didn't hit me because it was like very overwhelming for a couple of weeks. And then once it kind of settled, I was like, oh my God, Tara was, that must've been it. <laughs> it yeah. Like, and I'm pretty, I have to refer back to my notes and the timeline, but I'm pretty sure it was like, it was right there. I don't know if it was the same month oh, or a month or so two, cool. but you, you, that was, that's my, my, on the record that she gave me like ahead of time and, and she hit the nail on the head, granted. But it was how you explained her. Like, you're like, I'm just letting you know, it might not be the exact timeline. It might be X, Y, Z, this many months or whatever right. off. And you weren't like super specific because you, you didn't, you kind of gave me some things, but you were right on the ball. Cause like, I've, oh, never, I've never had anything global good. like that. And that was the only thing to this date that's hit like that. And it was within the time frame that you Oh, that's awesome. So. That's good. One of the reasons I kind of adjusted the way I was doing the readings for years and years, because I know that time is one of the hardest things to get because again, we, we can procrastinate, we can put blocks up, we can like not follow the signs and not do things the way we're supposed to. We're stubborn sometimes. But one of the reasons I I didn't always do the wheel of the months, 
like I do now, that's exactly why I decided to add that. That was not an original layout that I had learned from my grandmother or my great uncle or from anyone. Explain the wheels of the month. for. Okay. So I always start my readings with what I call the heart of the matter, which is within the Celtic cross. Mm -hmm. And I kind of insist on that, even if a client says, I just need the whole hour on this, like this work problem or whatever. I'll say, we got to start with the heart of the matter because it gets me in the zone. So that's always like the first one. It kind of tells the thing heaviest on the client's heart at that moment and maybe why it is so. But then after that, when I look a little bit at the energies above you, the energies beneath you, the energies you're heading into, the home energy, after that layout, I always start, unless it's not time for your year, like it might be time for your year because we did it, I think, last July. Yeah, literally. Yeah, Yeah, because that's my one rule. People say all the time, I lost the notes, can you redo my year? And it just feels wrong to me. But I lay out like if we were to do yours tonight when we're done doing this, I would start with August and end with next July. Mm -hmm. And I did that on purpose because I know that, you know, timing is a hard thing to pin down. And so I, that's probably when I got so many more clients coming back and saying things were so specific um, was when I just decided, okay, I'm going to lay these cards out this way then. We're going to look at what is the most prevalent for each month for you in the next 12 months. Yeah, I, don't, I still don't even understand it. I don't know how these cards dictate what is... I don't understand any of it. Well, besides that, there are 78 of them, and each of them have about 12 different meanings uh, when you're looking at the symbolism in them from, like, centuries and centuries from whatever country, culture, time pay, period, whatever language they're in. Um, the symbolism is all kind of universal stuff, but then you do have four suits besides the major cards. But basically, you've got whatever they represent or mean or all the different things they can represent and mean. And then you've got, depending on where it fell, what does that category stand for? And so then you go from there. So how objective is it or how much of your subject of your abilities are you inflecting on the cards? Or just, is it strictly like if it fell, if someone else in your position was reading it the same way, would they say the same thing? Would they read, Probably they not. read it the same way? Because, you know, everyone has a different level of intuition and understanding. But at the same time, it's I also put a, a lot of importance into what was before and after it. Because it's a lot of timeline stuff is important. And I also go with how I feel. Like a lot of readers will say, uh-oh, that's a really great card, but oh, it's upside down. Oh. Right. Like they'll say horrible things. I never do that unless I really feel it. Um, or, and if nothing before or especially after it supports that, mm, go back to your intuition, get back in the zone and think about it some more because it's probably not right. But um, I'm telling you, if anyone says to me, I just don't believe in that stuff, never, ever have, I, you know, and a lot of it's because it does take a lot of time and, and dedication to meditate. We have so many distractions. It's hard, you know, to to be that present and aware. Um, I will always give examples of things that I've been able to go back and prove with evidence from history. Like what? Um, like, uh, well, the fact that my uncles found my dad there and tried to get him and straighten him out again mm. was pretty weird because, yeah. of course, if I'm not you know, feeling confident in asking my mom what actually happened at the end when you finally left, I'm definitely not going to ask, you know, things like um that but i don't know i, I guess i just uh, well aside from fu- from i guess the the future things wh- you know you shared some last times but any any specifics on connecting to the other side as opposed to the future stuff that you know you may have have you had clients that really weren't as believable like they didn't believe this was a possible and then you did something that would kind of change their mind yes and anything stand out um, yeah, I had a client who was very, very uh, worried. Like a lot of people get hung up in religious stuff. Oh, this is bad. Like this this is against God. Like this is evil. And I've had clients say to me, well, that's exactly what I was praying for. Or that's exactly like a sign that I was waiting for or asked for in church last week. And I'll say, so then does that tell you that this is not coming from somewhere evil? It's just, you know, you have to really dig deep on a spiritual place to find it. So, um, but I have had people say 
no, um, that doesn't fit or I'm, that's not making a whole lot of sense, uh, but thank you, or half of it does. Or they'll be like really outlandish and expect like a lot, a lot, a lot of specifics. And then they'll call back sometimes and say, you know what, though, that that is something he used to say to me or my mother reminded me that that was something he definitely shared with her. Um, he just never got around to telling me before his death, things like that. Um, I'm not going to say everybody always calls back and is a regular client, but I've always feared, like especially in the beginning, oh, this person's going to look at me like I have two heads and <laughs> refuse to pay me. And like, this is all going to get weird and awkward, especially when I first started doing it professionally. But that's never happened. Um, so that's nice. And I still don't take prepayment. Yeah. I don't have anyone pay me until after. And I've never had a problem with that. That's usually a good sign. I know. So. And you were a referral to me, so you came from very trustworthy people. Right. Yeah, I still don't advertise. Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm so interested in all of it. And I think uh, it just makes me question things. Like when I, like when my dad came through to you, it was like, it's nice because I've longed for that so much. And I wish I could do that. And you've, I know you've explained, and I may have even mentioned on here, how everyone used to believe, you believe everyone has the ability to, yes. to do this. No matter like where you come from or where you are, I just wonder why some people can and some people can't. I think um, definitely attention has a lot to do with it. But having said that, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty hyperactive myself. So usually if someone's got like a short attention span or their mind's all over the place or they're more of like a creative brain, initially the meditating will feel harder because, you know, you're supposed to still your mind, right? But it's going in 20 different directions instead of just like that main work concern. And so you would think that would make it harder, but I think it's just about consistency. I think everyone can do it, but sometimes the grief is so heavy and you want it so bad, like me when I was a teenager, um, it's just hard to get to that place. I feel like that's where I'm like if I and not that I'm like I'm 20 years later, I'm not I don't think the grief is heavy. Sometimes I feel like I'm I don't, I feel like I'm I force it. And I sometimes I feel like that forcing is doing the opposite. Maybe, but the the thing I think is might also be happening because I did this a lot and I had to stop it was if you're saying maybe this is my imagination or maybe this is what I want him to have said, which definitely wasn't my case because that was not how I expected to hear or feel from him. But um, yeah, I think it's a lot of different things. And even nowadays, it's probably even harder because all of our distractions. I mean, what do they say? If you have that phone in front of your face, like five minutes before you lay down for bed or God forbid, while you're in bed, you are not going to sleep as well. It's going to take you longer to fall asleep. I mean, the more media distractions we have, the, the harder I think it is. Um, in nature, I have more poignant meditations always. Um, I also have had some real doozies when I'm like getting a massage. Oh, you <laughs> I had two or three experiences like that. And, you know, it's really awkward to tell someone you're, you're getting a massage from for the first time. Uh, yeah, by any chance, has your uncle been missing that like always wore this fedora <laughs> that you think is in Mexico City, but you're not sure. Oh, a little harder. I can tell harder, you about his death. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. so I, it's true. The more relaxed you are, the easier it's going to be. But if you want it too much, I've also wondered on a super spiritual hippie dippy level, if Richard, my birth father, waited until I was emotionally ready and stable, which I was very much at that time in my life. I was, you know, working in my career. I was not, uh, you know, that all makes sense. I resentful I, and angry and wild I anymore. To, I think I just need to let it go. Cause if I could try talking to him all the time and I feel like there have been a couple of experiences where maybe I just kind of let it go and something comes through, but most of the time, nothing. And it's kind of like, it's frustrating because I do believe in this stuff. You know, I like it's the same thing for all energy and energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It's not right. going to be destroyed. It's got to go somewhere. Even just, ghostly apparitions come sometimes when you're not expecting it or looking for it. It's just, you know, if you think about the effort that it takes probably for for them to materialize, you know, so many stars have to align, no pun intended, but really mm -hmm. so many things have to come together. They have to be in a place where they're like probably using a lot of mental effort as well to make that happen. 
you have to be in a place to notice it, but it does happen more on holidays, I think, and special occasions. What's that about? I think it's just, hey, it's the, the anniversary of my death, or it's my birthday, or this was our favorite time of year. I'm going to try really hard to get you to notice this time because you're so distracted. Mm. It's been my experience anyway. Did you ever see the movie Ghost? Patrick yes. Swayze? He, yes. had, he had to work his ass off to get to Demi Moore. Exactly. It's kind of similar. She was very distracted yeah, for a long time. Very but distracted. Then those visions were like undeniable. Voice, visions. Whatever the hell. I don't know. It's just, uh, like I said, it's frustrating for me because I believe in it. And then when it doesn't happen to me, it's like, then I question it again, but I do believe in it. And it's like a whole, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. But I just wonder, it's, it's, I mean, it's comforting and scary at the same time in some way. I think it's comforting for what lies ahead of us in regards to like, if, if we really can connect to our spirits now, then, okay, there is something after this. I have no doubt that we can. I mean, I've just always believed that, but even more so when I had, you know, some experiences that were just undeniable. Does this happen out of the blue for you? Do you, do you like, are you yes. just like watching Sopranos and all of a sudden? Yes. Like the, the times, the two times that I've seen an image, like without a doubt, I know who that was. I saw every detail of, you know, their face or their their body shape. Um, That's in your head I was or are you not like looking across the room and you see it? Like, what is it? What, is, what are you seeing? Um, well, for, well, there's one experience that we had many family members present and I have pictures of that. I was just like in the other room. Um, but one that I had personally, and I can tell you about that one if you want, but the one that I had personally where I can describe what I saw um, was my son was probably, I don't know, three or four months old. And we were at my in-law's house. They were so excited to finally have grandkids. They had made up like a whole room with not just a day bed, but a crib. So, you know, hoping we would stay even longer, you know, the whole weekend, whatever. And so I had put my son in the crib to sleep and I laid down in the day bed that was right next to it, but I had just laid down, wasn't the tired, have never been a napper anyway. So I know I was not asleep. And I looked and I thought, well, nobody would smoke in this house, especially with the baby here now. What is that smoke coming in the room? And I was like, wait a minute, the door is closed. Is it coming out of the closet? What is it? It was definitely like a misty white smoke. You saw this at the door. Oh, yes. Okay. And it was going over the foot of the crib, over the baby in like a hazy way and a very relaxing rhythmic like movement and it then became the shape of a woman and like a flowing nightgown kind of shape it wasn't that long of a nightgown so it it felt to me like she was more modern than old you know like you know you see the quintessential oh this old lady haunts this old hotel it's always like really really long and old-fashioned this was like you know not it was like more like a t-shirt long t-shirt like 90s maybe. but a woman okay. yeah <laughs> it was more modern was. and so um i i saw it take on her shape and i remember thinking she's very real this is like actually a woman um and i thought well why would she go the hard way if she wants to get close and look at the baby and everybody says to me weren't you like just wanting to pick up your baby right away i was never afraid of her even though i did not know who it was at the time but i thought it was strange i thought she must be ghostly or from another world because a person would have gone around to the shorter side you know cribs get taller at least in the 90s they got taller on the ends and then they're not as tall on the sides. That why wouldn't she go around the side? She wouldn't have to reach so much. In fact, she extended her body out thinner and longer so that her face could go down and kiss him. While she was Still, reaching? I was not freaked out. Like, I felt I needed to grab him and save him. In fact, everyone laughs about this now. She became so real after her face was totally in view. And I remember thinking, it looks like my mother-in-law, but her eyes are a little bigger. And she's definitely a little taller um, and maybe fairer. So I could even tell like that she had fairer skin and hair. Was that real and Christ. full? And so I actually ran out of the room screaming, telling my mother-in-law about it because she leaned down, kissed my son, and then looked at me and smiled and faded into the wall. 
And everyone said, you left your baby in there. Again, it didn't scare me. I just had to have someone else see this because it was so real. So I went and told my mother-in-law, and she immediately was also not disturbed. She said, it was Margie. There's no doubt in my mind it was Margie. She didn't see it, but she wasn't surprised at all. And she knew immediately who it must be, especially when I said she looked a lot like you, but her eyes were bigger. Maybe she was taller and her hair was lighter. She said, that was my sister, Margie. And she said, um, there's no doubt in my mind, I've tried for years to get her to let me know she's okay, to send me some kind of sign. And I said, oh, she died here in this room, didn't she? Because I had remembered hearing them talking about her. Um, she had been a flight attendant, never married, never had kids. So it was like a really amazing aunt, um, had lived in Manhattan, had an exciting life, but sadly had died young of leukemia. And so she knew right away that's who it was. And I said, oh, that's right. She died in that room. No wonder. And she said, well, actually she lived in that room while she was on chemo and sick. But then like when she actually died, died, like we lifted her up and carried her in front of the fireplace. And then the paramedics came and did, you know, CPR there. So I guess she technically died in front of the fireplace. I immediately said the fireplace we were married in front of on Thanksgiving. Yes, that one. So I was like, (laughs) okay, either way, I was never afraid. But I said, she just must have an extreme interest in in Connor. Like, you know, I knew my son was like the, the first grandson and all of that. And she said, oh, yeah, she had a, you know, a very deep interest in, in, um, my ex-husband. And so, yeah, he's, she said, absolutely. That would be something she would want to come here and be here for. So that was very real. Um, even though I didn't personally know her, but that was definitely the realest, like full form shape, facial features, everything. No question in my mind. Yeah. You didn't freak out. But we've had another event like that in our family. I didn't actually see it, but I pictures of it because I was present And again, it was not something anyone was trying for at the time. So it could very likely be that, you know, you'll you'll get that undisputable proof, feel your dad's energy, see something um, when you least expect it or when he knows you're ready for it or when, you know, you are open to receiving it. Yeah, I I, I do have a lot of things going on, so I need to like... Like you said, distractions. So I, I maybe mean, I need to find a middle ground and just freaking let it go. I just wonder when they do show up. It's like, okay, what are you doing? All what are they doing this whole time? <laughs> like, what are they? You know what I mean? Like, what the where do they do? They're sitting around, like they're just wandering. What if this is so? Like, what the hell are they doing? Well, in general, the the thing I hear most often because you know sometimes I'm doing like five readings a day, and a lot of them it is the the medium stuff that people are asking about. And by the way, I usually know right away in general who's around them, like who they are to them. Is it from the mother's side or father's side? Um, what their message is, how the death was. Um, but yeah, I um, I think that the thing I've probably heard the most often is knowledge, 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 knowledge. I needed knowledge. I had a lot to learn. I needed to grow. Um, I wasn't full access. I've heard that term a lot. I've had a lot of times where I know right away, oh, this person has all access, no matter how specific the question or how long you're going to want to ask this one questions, we're going to get something valid. I've had others where, for whatever reason, maybe they were troubled or maybe it was too recent and they have not accepted their passing all the way, where I'll know, okay, this is staticky, this is sporadic, hurry and ask your most important points because I'm not going to get a lot with this one. And then I know their lot has evolved. It's just a knowingness? You just... It's a feeling that energy, which getting into the Reiki helped a lot with understanding what I what that really means. But it's, yeah, it's a vibration. And then when clients will call me and say, okay, I know it was him. He said this, this, and that. I knew that's what he would say. I always say, stop right now, close your eyes, and try to bring yourself back to the feeling. Not the message, not what you heard, maybe not even how you felt, but the vibration of when you got that from them. And the next time you lay down to meditate, try to get back to that vibration. Because it's energy, so it's it's hard to explain. No, I get it. I get but, it without getting it. Yeah, I always tell people, hold on to that or, um, you know, keep up with your dream interpretation. Because that's a little more realistic for people a lot of the time to do that. A lot of what you're saying is that uh, the Silva method that I, the book I'm, I mentioned and reading, that guy's been around forever. Yeah, forever, I think. 60s maybe he's just saying and they're 
the structures that I'm reading are kind of saying a lot of the same things that you just mentioned. Yes. And he's not talking really about psychic media. He's not relating to what you're talking about, but in the aspect of mind control and understanding your body and the mind connection and energy, I guess it seems, it seems similar so far, but I'm only, I just started. Yes. So it makes sense. Um, I agree. Do you, you don't have to answer this, but do you remember the session that we had when you said my dad came through and you were hesitant to speak about it? Does that ring a bell? Yes, because I knew that he did have fear for a while. And that's always hard for me to tell people. And you're saying fear, he had fear before he passed or after he passed? Um, before. If it's again, and I knew that, that he asking. fought hard and I, I, I really hate making people upset. Usually the readings end with um, good tears, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was hard because I know he, he, he fought and tried. And so no one wants to think of their loved one living in fear or with fear or having that, you know. So that that was hard for me to share. But um, I knew more than anything uh, that it was something shocking to the world that many people witnessed. And, of course, I had never had a spirit tell me that before. So I was so grateful when you explained it all at the end because, um, yeah. When he first came through, was it clear that it was 9-11 or? No, 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 no. It was clear that he was, there was a lot of adrenaline going. There was shock. But first and foremost, he was in survival mode, but at the same time helping someone else. I hope that you'll get the time to research who that other guy is because that's one of the things your dad continued to tell me for days after. And it almost felt like he wanted me to like look into it and help fine because um, I felt like he was very focused on not just surviving himself, but helping this Pete or Peter, almost like they, they had died at the same time and had fought to leave at the same time. They were both trying. They had the same goal. They were helping one another. I feel like that guy was definitely younger. That guy was definitely more afraid and was panicking more. Your dad took on a role of like um, almost a fatherly role of I'm going to we're going to keep our heads on straight here, and this is what we're going to do together. So I've always been curious to f- pursue that more because when when they hang around for a while and I keep my mind keeps going back to that, there's something I meant to research and look into and complete for them. So that I think I know we definitely want you guys to have the whole story, but um, my thought of wanting to hold stuff back was more, I just didn't want you to know that he was afraid. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. I mean. But I also share everything. I'm, I'm pretty honest about things in the readings. But Yeah, no, I mean, you made it clear that you want, you prefer to, you want to keep it positive. So I, I yeah. get that. I'm just more. Because it's about healing ultimately. And more than that, I'm mostly into teaching people how to do this more often for themselves because we have enough depression going around and grief is a very hard thing to get over. Yeah, I think there. I think we do have the. There are practices and modalities that we can learn to execute and discipline ourselves to heal ourselves. And yes, shit. I mean, yeah, I'm interested in hearing that. So, like, you're not making me feel bad. I think obviously, it's sad. It's going to make me tear up. But at the same time, I mean, considering the conditions of being in the tower at that time, it wasn't. I know it was going to be all peaches and cream going up there. So, like, I'm not surprised if that's the case. It's just um, part of me. Like, I was always someone. And my mom was the opposite, and she tried to pull me away from the TV when I first saw the towers go down, but I wanted to see it. And ever since then, I've always, not, I want to say enjoyed, that's not the right word, but I've always made myself watch the towers go down and watch the incidents over and over again. I don't know what that is, and my point of bringing that up is because I don't, I don't stray from hearing a story like that. So I appreciate you, you know, looking out for me in that sense, but I, I, I can't run away from that. I don't, know, I don't know why I want to see that, even if it is bad. I feel the need to see that. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I want to get emotions out and hearing stuff like that or seeing the towers constantly going down and watching that footage for 20 years. I think so. I think it's just a way of me getting getting it out. Definitely. Yeah, you have to because um, it's, you know, you have so many unknowns like like I kind of did, you know. You, you were so young, you probably hold on to every little memory that you have. And then, you know, it's probably sadder each and every year when those memories maybe are a little more vague or, or not as crisp or you're not having them as often. 
Yeah, maybe that's it. It's like I, I can't. Yeah, I don't know. It's like looking at a home video, but only this home video is a lot more fucked up. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that just pulls the emotion out of me, and maybe that's just how I do it. But there's got to be a little bit of an easier way. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't. I don't mind. I appreciate you sharing that, and I'll, I'll definitely look into it more. I think I know. I mentioned it to my. I think my mother and my sisters. I just forget if I use the name Peter PD. I don't know why that sounds like it rings a bell. But then again, we're from Jersey. I feel like there's a lot of Pete's and Peters, but um, maybe I'll look into that and check it out. I don't think that they were together the entire time. I almost get the feeling because I, I remember him telling me, well, I didn't know him before this, but we were definitely brothers in survival mode. I remember hearing him say that. And so I think maybe it, it was a situation and I know he was going up and he was like going, well, down more, but he was like, still in control, like running, 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 running. And I feel like they met up at one point and then continued um, after your dad like calmed him and comforted him and motivated him to like, no, 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 let's keep going. Um, so I don't think it would have been someone that he worked with or right. was like on the same floor. It feels like shortly after during this survival mode kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, but I'll have to, I don't think I've, I took. I don't take notes during client sessions, but I heavily recommend them to. I, I have notes. So, okay, yeah, maybe um, there were more shit, details. Well, so you could well. find out who who Peter is because yeah. they were together. We'll see, but uh, well, all right. Well, Tara, I don't know if there's anything else you want to. Uh, we're about an hour in right now, so I don't know if there's. Oh my goodness, it flew by. Well, I wanted to share one more apparition story. Please, I did not see this one myself. However, um, it was. Quite an interesting Christmas. Um, my sister-in-law's mother had passed away, and we had known her a whole life. She'd been our school nurse. My brother and his wife knew each other, like, since kindergarten. It's all very sweet and cute. And so we were pretty close to Lynn, her mother. And um, she had actually lived in the house right before her death with them. And at the Christmas first after her death, um, my sister-in-law and her sister were talking about, should we get mom's china out? Oh, she'd want us to. Uh, we really should, especially because this is the first year since her death. But, you know, you're tired. You don't always want to do that. And so they were in there doing that. And all of a sudden, we heard my sister-in-law's sister scream. We all ran in there. And they said, right there, right there, right there. She was right there. She was right there at the table. It was in the picture. And we didn't realize what it was until it was too late. And then the minute Trisha saw it in the picture and screamed, she disappeared. But basically what they say was, and, and luckily they have all the pictures, they were just trying to get a picture of the place setting for Christmas. And there were these weird like white, they thought lights or shadow lights. Every time they took the picture, there were these weird white round things in the picture. And so they were going around the perimeter of the table trying to get a good shot without those. Well, by the time, and so my sister-in-law got to the point where she just I'm going to proof everyone before I even try to snap another. I'm going to stop and look at it because it's in every single one. She was like getting mad. She was going to erase them all. And then um, right when she looked down again to say, okay, was that a good one or not? Are those weird balls not in there? Those weird balls of white light were not in there because they had become the complete form of her mother. And I mean, down to the hairstyle, you can see her complete shape where her hairstyle ended you can see like the length of dress she always liked to wear, where that dress ends, the curvature in her spine, I mean, in detail. And there are still a few of the white orbs in front of her, but basically the bulk of them, because there ended up being like six of them total, eventually formed the shape of Lynn. I saw the photos. And if anyone's watching YouTube right now, looking at this, it's amazing. we're, we're going to plug these photos in. So yeah. that's uh, I saw that and it was it was that was the clearest image that I've ever seen of something like that, where there was orbs or whatever the hell was going on. But it, was, it is. It's pretty clear. It really is. It it was something else. And uh, it was just so special, obviously, because we all kind of, you know, really, really had her heavy on our hearts that Christmas. And, and we were thinking about it. And it was strange to be there because she had, you know, lived in that house. So, yeah, it, like I say, I have had experience where they like to come on anniversaries. They like to come on holidays. Definitely when they know you need them or are scared about something or maybe about to make a bad decision. But uh, sometimes it's not when you're trying for it. But please keep trying because I, I just, I believe it wholeheartedly. And I, over the years, have a lot of evidence that we don't die completely. We can still communicate with our lost loved ones. And 
There are angels here to help us. We just have to pay attention. <sighs> I need that. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so happy you came on here again for something. Something tells me you're going to be on here again. So next time you're back in LA, <laughs> let's just do a third episode if you want. It's, uh, I feel like you have so many more stories. And I think the next time I'll see you, you're going to have even more experience with your clients. So there's, it's not a surprise you have um, a growing clientele list. So Oh, thank yeah, you. You deserve it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing all this. And um, hopefully it's helped some people, you know, listen a little bit more and at the end of the day, I'm like, why not? Like, who, who just say no? Like, wait, why? Like, so much crazy shit goes on every day. Like, how do we know for sure something isn't so? Like, you don't, we don't know. Like, so if I'm more exactly. of like, I'm more like, nothing's absolute. I don't know. But why is it? It's not so, it doesn't sound so crazy to me. So right. I'm just waiting for my experience. Hopefully it doesn't scare the shit out of me. So <laughs> I don't just, think it will. I don't think it will either. But uh, it's going to happen in the middle of the night where I'm going to get a glass of orange juice. But uh, th- thank you so much. You're um, welcome. I know thank you, you for work, having me. I know you only work on a referral basis. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you want me to give you a plug or do anything like that, but we can keep it hush-hush if you want in regards oh, to your no. business. Yeah, that's fine. Sometimes, you know, the wait times are a little longer than others, but I've, I've not stopped taking new clients. So Is there sure. a website or should I just... Or- I don't, I still have not had to advertise. That's the I, best I know. business ever. Very, very it's lucky. Amazing. Uh, mostly I just like text uh, or email. So yeah, I'm fine for you to give my number out. So have if you could email us on the website and if you're interested in finding more about her, connecting with her, I'll uh, I'll be the liaison about that. How about that? Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Another episode. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Cheers. <laughs>